I'm on? Oh, wait a second. You moved the camera on me. I got to go over <laughs> here. Good morning, church. Welcome to worship this day. I invite you to, uh, to greet each other with a, a big hello, a good morning, or happy Mother's Day. Uh, I hope not too many of you did a, a, a search on Amazon to find out where you could purchase this mother's pers the mom's personal assistant because it really doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to count on uh, your real mom to do that for you. Is that what y'all do at your house? Serve everyone else. Huh? <laughs> yeah, take care of everyone else. Okay. <laughs> uh, I invite you to check in uh, this morning. Um, let us know that you're worshiping with us, and, and I invite all of us to um, turn our minds to God and to God's presence among us, to be reminded as we gather together in this way that um, we come with expectation and anticipation of experiencing Christ afresh and anew, with this expectation that the Spirit will speak to us in the deepest depths of our beings, continuing to shape us and to form us so that we can truly make a difference in the lives of other people. Let us join our voices together as we sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Most of you, um, I think, are probably aware, you probably received the uh, weekly update yesterday, but all of you may not have. Uh, next week, we are going to have a town hall meeting to um, just have a conversation around uh, the realities of this pandemic and, and how we might go forward with worship and ministry. Now, in order for this to work well, most of you need to stay at home and um, participate online um, with both worship and the town hall meeting that will immediately follow worship. So if uh, you have, are, have become a pro at online worship or simply are in this routine, I want to encourage you to stay at home, continue to worship in this form or fashion for a bit longer. But for those folks who have been having difficulty, either because their internet is slow or they just can't uh, manage the technology, you are invited to come to worship next week and to stay afterwards for a, a town hall meeting. Now, um, as we do that, I would prefer that you would call and let us know so we know how many people to expect. And um, as the email said, there's some things I want you to agree to, that you're going to come and, and uh, no hugs, Darn. no fist bumps even. What? Yeah, none of, well, we can do virtual ones, right, like that. No handshakes. Um, we're going to ask, fam families can sit together, but we're going to ask you to be um, probably 10 or 12 feet away from other families. Um, also... Wear one of these. I'm, I'm going to have mine on next week, okay? My Rocket Man um, mask. Rocket Man! Uh, so you're invited to bring your favorite mask if you come. Um, and now having said that, um, anyone who is sick, anybody who has underlying issues um, or health concerns, um, please, please um, stay at home. Um, you can give me a call. We'll figure out if there's another way that we can get you linked in so that you can participate in this town hall meeting. And again, the purpose is simply to inform you of where we are and where we think that um, we are headed in the future with ministry and worship so everyone can hear at the same time and everyone can ask questions and give feedback. So I hope that you will plan on participating in both worship and in the town hall that follows next week. And now let us continue in our worship this morning as we join our voices together in who you say I am.
so much for all the blessings we have in our lives. As we come worshiping you, let us feel your presence. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. This is an opportunity. This, this comes our family time, um, but uh, it's not just for um, families with uh, small kids. It's for all of us. And um, as we gather this morning, I want to encourage you uh, to share with those that are gathered in the same household or share uh, online on Facebook via uh, comments um, some ways in which in the midst of this last three or four weeks of doing physical distancing, how you have um, connected uh, with someone new or how you have reconnected or what you have done as a family to draw closer to each other or to friends. Um, so I invite you, I, I know that there are some folks who have been making phone calls who tell me that uh, they have made new friends in, uh, through the telephone in calling folks they didn't know before and simply having telephone conversations. So I invite you uh, to share with the community of faith um, this day, what is it that you have done uh, to reach out to others, to draw closer to family and to friends? Um, take a couple of minutes and share with one another. To uh, share, um, I just enjoyed hearing hearing the band share. I, I learned that uh, uh, Jimmy is a babysitter now, um, <laughs> taking care of his kids and the neighbor's kids. So I'm I'm anxious to hear more about that, Jimmy. Um, if you need a night out, call Jimmy. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that right? Have you posted that number? Oh, if you need a night out, call Jimmy. Is is that okay? We'll get that number posted for you. Uh, I, I don't know about you all, but our family has been doing uh, Zoom family meetings, and a few folks mentioned that up here, uh, where um, you know we're in the habit of, of chatting with our kids on telephone um, before all of this happened. But um, after it happened, um, we uh, started all of us getting on, on Zoom at the same time so that we could see each other's faces and we could have a conversation, and for Deb and I, we can be entertained by the grandson or by the grand dog 
who are always have some interesting faces and things to share when we get together on uh, Zoom. And so I hope that in the midst of this that we continue to find new ways to reach out and to connect with one another. I also hope that we are finding new ways to connect with God so that the Spirit might continue to shape us and form us. And now I invite you to bow your heads as we uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence among us and with us this day. Lord, we thank you for the ways in which we have seen and experienced you throughout this week. We thank you for those folks who have reached out to connect with us, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have had to connect with one another in new and deep and meaningful ways. Lord, we just ask that uh, you continue to shape us and to form us and to uh, help us, Lord, to grow in our relationship with you. As we, as we come as a community this morning, we also come and we just lift up um, our, uh, our town, our community, our state, our country. Um, Lord, as we are in the midst of trying to figure out how we can um, re-engage and relaunch in many things while still um, remaining safe and um, preventing the spread of this pandemic. We ask, Lord, that you would give us wisdom um, in this. We ask, Lord, that you continue to be with uh, doctors and nurses and health care providers as um, they continue to work long and tireless um, hours to serve and care for others. We ask, Lord, that you be with folks who um, are dealing with uh, loneliness and being alone and not being able to connect with others in the way that uh, we are normally used to. And we would just ask, Lord, that you would touch them and, and allow them to know your presence. Help us, Lord, as community, as neighbors and friends to discover new ways in which we can reach out uh, to other people and continue to let them know that we care for them and that we love them and that we are there for them. Enable us, Lord, that in this time we also don't just simply find new ways to fill our hours and our minutes of our life, but that we uh, use the opportunities that we have to stop and to reflect and to connect with you that we use these times to know you in deeper and more meaningful ways so that your spirit might form us and shape us. Gracious God, give us wisdom as a congregation and as a community uh, that we would know how we are called and led and gifted to continue to worship and serve you and to minister to our community. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here with us this day, for your presence with us each and every moment, and for that love that does not leave us alone. And so it is we join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us join our voices together as we sing, Lord, I need you.
Amen. Well, I hope you all are enjoying this series more than Kobe is. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I, um, Kobe, uh, I don't texted me or called me early this week and told me how I ha- that this uh, last week's sermon about uh, God, uh, this platitude that we use that God has a plan for us, uh, just made his life difficult. Um, he was looking for graduation cards to send to somebody, and every graduation card he came across said uh, something along the lines of, I can't wait to see what God's plan is for your life. I can't wait to see how God's plan unfolds for your life. I can't wait to see what God does um, or, or does, uh, has plans for you. And, and then he finally found one that worked, and, and he went to order it, and they were out of stock. I told him everybody else in the congregation listened to the sermon also, and they got there before him to buy that graduation card. Um, I, I, I hope that as we, um, continue, um, as we continue in this series looking at platitudes, I, I, I know I'm messing with you a little bit. I know that these are sayings that we have just repeated over and over and over again and haven't necessarily thought about of what they really are saying, and whether they are even biblical. Today, we're going to take a look at another platitude, um, and and, um, raise your hand if you've ever said, you'll get through this, God won't give you more than you can handle. Um, Have you ever said that to someone? Or, what's probably more likely, which is what I hear a little bit more, uh, raise your hand if you've said this, I know God doesn't give me more than I can handle, but I wish God didn't think I could handle so much. Um, That's probably the one that I have uh, heard the most. Um, And um, you may have guessed, um, I don't think too highly of that platitude. Um, I think there's some issues, and in fact, if you've been tuning in uh, every week, you know that um, that platitude, like the ones we've looked, looked at before, everything happens for a reason or God has a plan, the implication is that everything that happens to us is caused by God, planned by God, um, or, or somehow God has orchestrated it or coordinated it. Hopefully, by now... If you haven't fully embraced this idea that that's not true, at least you're beginning to question if that is the best way for us to talk about uh, God being all-powerful and almighty in assuming that we are either uh, just puppets on a string or assuming that uh, we're just in this fatalistic society that we can't change anything and that everything goes exactly according to God's plan. Well, there's other reasons that I don't like this particular platitude, that God doesn't give us more than we can handle, because really, if we listen to that, uh, isn't the implication of that is that we are supposed to be able to handle everything on our own? Or the implication is that if we just have enough faith or fortitude, we should be able to handle any situation thrown at us. 
And of course, the reverse of that would be if we aren't dealing well with the situation that we are in, then there must be something wrong with us. We must not have enough faith. We must not have enough fortitude. We simply must not be tough enough to deal with this, this trial or this thing that God has put in front of us. And the result of thinking that way is we begin to think that there is indeed something wrong with us when we can't handle life's difficulties. We begin to think that, or for some, we begin to think there's something wrong with God. We think God must not know me very well if he thinks I can handle this, because I can't. What is God's problem? Now, maybe you never said it in that way, but when you come to me and say, I know God doesn't give me any more than I can handle, but I wish he wouldn't give me so much, that's really what you're saying, isn't it? Is that God doesn't understand you well? Um, you see, I, I think part of this also causes us to think that we have to go through life relying on ourselves. Well, another reason I don't like this is I don't think it's very biblical, to tell you the truth. And in fact, I thought it might be good for us to look at a, a few biblical characters and see um, their stories in Scripture about how they dealt with difficult situations. And so let's start with Moses. Um, in Numbers chapter 11, uh, verses 10 through 15, uh, you may remember Moses was leading the Israelites throughout the wilderness, um, and um, they had this tendency to complain a lot, right? Um, and initially they complained because they didn't have food, so uh, God gave them manna. And every day except the Sabbath, they would get manna. They would go out in the morning and they would collect this manna, which um, I think is kind of like soggy bread. I don't know. Have any of you ever had manna? I think it's like soggy bread, so I, I might complain with them because soggy bread's not very good. Uh, but... Um, after months of having manna, um, they began to cry out to God, can we have something else besides this manna? Can we have some real meat? They were obviously from southeastern Missouri where you have to have meat every day for every meal or something's wrong. Um, but um, here are these words after Moses has heard the complaints of the people. Uh, Numbers chapter 11 beginning in verse 10. Moses heard the people crying throughout their clans, each at his tent's entrance. The Lord was outraged, and Moses was upset. Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servant so badly? And why haven't I found favor in your eyes? For you have placed the burden of all of these people upon me. Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them? Then you... then." that you would say to me, carry them at the breast as, you, as a nurse carries an unweaned child to the fertile land that you promised their ancestors. Where am I to get meat for all of these people? They are crying before me and saying, give us meat so we can eat. I can't bear this people on my own. They're too heavy for me. If you're going to treat me like this, please kill me. I found favor. If I found favor in your eyes, then don't let me endure this wretched situation. 
Now, it doesn't sound like Moses is saying, I know God doesn't give me more than I can handle. He clearly is experiencing more than he can handle in that situation. Let's take a look at Elijah in 1 Kings 19. You may know the story of Elijah. We love to tell the story of of Elijah on the mount doing battle with the prophets of Baal and showing the the people and, and the um, the prophets of Baal that that God was the one true God and, and and Elijah he wins the battle he demonstrates the the power of God the power and the presence of, of this God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob this God of creation he demonstrates their their power and and I don't know maybe he was expecting that would be the end of it all uh, but but what really happens afterwards is that King Ahab and his wife Jezebel are ticked off. They're ticked off because Elijah has defeated their their prophets. And so they come chasing after Elijah trying to kill him. And so just when he has finished this battle, he finds out he goes into more trouble. And we find these words in in verse 3 of chapter 19. Elijah was terrified. He got up and he ran for his life. He arrived at Beersheba in Judah and left his assistants there. He himself went further into the desert a day's journey. He finally sat down under a solitary broom bush. He longed for his own death. It's more than enough, Lord. Take my life because I am no better than my ancestors. And he lay down and fell asleep under the broom bush. Again, this great prophet, Elijah, we hear that he is experiencing more than he can handle. And then finally, let's look at the Apostle Paul. In 2 in second Corinthians chapter 1, verses um, 8 through um, 11, uh, we hear Paul recounting this uh, story. I'm not exactly sure um, which story he is recounting or referring to. But when he's writing this letter to the Corinthians, he says this beginning in verse 8. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be unaware of the troubles that we went through in Asia. We were weighed down with a load of suffering that was so far beyond our own strength that we were afraid we might not survive. Ever experienced that? Ever been there? It certainly seemed to us as if we had gotten the death penalty. Listen to these stories in Scripture about Moses and Elijah and Paul. They were not people who would say, God, I know you don't give me more than I can handle. But they were people who experienced various difficulties in life that did overwhelm them. Let's listen to how they dealt with this, though. As we uh, hear, um, Paul goes on to say, in 9, he goes on to say, um, this drove us um, that we would have confidence in God, not in ourselves. God did rescue us from a terrible death, and he will rescue us in the future. 
We have set our hopes on him that he will rescue again. And we also knew that you were helping with your prayers for us. If we were also to take a look at the stories of Moses and Elijah, we would see that in all of these cases, when people were faced with something that was overwhelming, a situation that was more than they can handle, in all three cases, a situation when they really thought that their life might come to an end, how did they deal with it? How did they get through it, and how did they go forward? Well, if we're listening to Scripture, we see in all of them that rather than relying on themselves, like Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians there, they relied on God. They took it to God. In fact, Moses' whole passage is about Moses having this conversation with God and saying, God, I've got more than I can handle. Are you going to help me deal with this? Elijah had to trust the messenger of the angel who told him, um, eat and sleep and drink and continue on the journey, trusting that God is with you. In all of these instances, rather than fleeing from God, rather than wondering why God is laying such a burden upon uh, or wondering why we are in such a situation, these great uh, people of faith, turned to God. Unfortunately, I see over and over again, when we experience difficulties, we do just the opposite. We run from God. But when we face this time, we are called to trust in God, to rely on God, to cry out to God, even like Moses was crying out to God. Uh, why in the world have you made me leader of these crazy people? I've never said that. Have you, Toby? Okay. So, so y'all are good, don't worry. Kobe and I don't say that about y'all. Uh, but, uh, but they went to God and they cried out to God and they said, God, help us through this situation. Now the other thing that if we pay attention to all of these passages, if we continue on in all of them, is what we find out is that they also needed to rely on other people. Um, in the case of, of Paul, he says, I know there are people out there praying and lifting me up, and that gives me a great sense that I am not alone. In the case of Elijah, um, he felt after this great battle that he had done all this, that he was the only prophet of God left, and nobody else um, really was following God. And he heard in a small, still voice in the mountains, God say to him, there are more. And in fact, after he left that mountain, God led him down and showed him that there were other people who were seeking to follow God. He was not alone. And in the case of Moses, um, I think God was kind of saying to Moses, like Jethro says to Moses later, Moses, you're just trying to do it all on your own. I never intended for you to do that. And if we keep following the story in Numbers there, we see that God tells Moses, Call together some elders of the community and they will be touched by the Spirit and they will be able to share the burden with you. See, God never intended us to deal with difficult problems in this world um, alone. He intended on us to rely and have confidence in Him. He intended that we would be in community with one another. 
In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, I think it is, Paul says, bear one another's burdens. And in Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are, are weary and find rest in me. You see, so often we think in the midst of struggles that we have to keep pushing on our own and relying on ourselves. Sometimes when we take to heart this idea that God doesn't give us more than we can handle, we keep trying to do everything by ourselves. Even when we invite God into the situation, we fail to invite others to come around us. You know, we're fortunate in this community in that we have a group of Stephen ministers, a group of people who have been trained to come alongside of folks when they're going through difficult times uh, to be companions and to walk and to listen and simply to be there so that we know that we are not alone. We have a community of people who care for one another in the midst of uh, of this crisis, there have been people who were enlisted to simply make phone calls and, and find out how folks were doing. But in the midst of that, if they found out that one of the folks that they were calling were in need of something, they would go to the grocery store and pick it up and drop it off. You see, we need to learn to stop saying that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. We need to, to stop thinking that um, we demonstrate our faithfulness by showing how easily we deal with a difficult problem or how easy it is for us to bear burdens. And instead, we need to understand that our faith is demonstrated when we learn to recognize that we can't handle everything alone, that we need God. And we need each other, and we need the body of Christ to come alongside of us. And so, the next time someone says, I, I know God doesn't give me more than I can handle, but I wish that he didn't think I could handle so much. Let us ask them, so what's going on? Say more. I'm here. I'm all ears. Let me hear what's going on so I can walk beside you. Let us stop saying God doesn't um, give me more than I can handle to ourselves and to others. And instead, let us begin to say to one another and to ourselves, I am not alone. We are not alone. God is with us. And we and other people are here to share the burden with us, to walk alongside of us, to help us in the midst of difficult situations so that we don't have to handle it alone. May we embrace that this day and every day. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the fact that you do not leave us alone and that you do surround us with a wonderful group of folks and a wonderful church community to care for us and love us. Amen. And now I invite you, if, um, if you were able, to pull up the affirmation of faith. Um, I invite you in this time 
um, to also take some time uh, to um, think about how you're going to give yourself to God. Uh, take some time at this moment also to, to write out your tithes and your offerings and drop those in the mail or bring those by uh, the church so that we can continue uh, this wonderful ministry of reaching out and sharing the gospel of Christ. But for now, I'm going to invite you in this affirmation of faith, and I, I think I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Maybe we'll try that because not everybody has um, was able to print this off. Uh, but uh, let us hear and say and believe this affirmation of faith. We are not alone. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We live in God's world. We believe in God. We believe in God. Who has created and is creating. Who has created and is creating. Who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh. Who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh. To reconcile and make new. To reconcile and make new. Who works in us. Who works in us. And others by the Spirit. And others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We trust in God. We are called to be the church. We are called to be the church. To celebrate God's presence. To celebrate God's presence. To love and serve one another. To love and serve one another. To seek justice and resist evil. To seek justice and resist evil. To proclaim Jesus crucified and risen. To proclaim Jesus crucified and risen. Our judge and our hope. Our judge and our hope. In life. In life. In death. In death. In life beyond death. In life beyond death. God is with us. God is with us. We are not alone. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we sing Leaning on the Everlasting Arms.
Amen. Um, I hope that you are able to lean on God in these moments and on one another. I encourage you this week um, to reach out and make a connection with someone that you haven't talked to, a neighbor, a, a friend, a family member, someone within the congregation, simply to let them know that you're thinking about them and that you care. And then I hope that you'll come back again next week because I know after three weeks of, of telling you that God doesn't control everything, God's not like a puppet master, and, and God isn't just out there causing things to happen irregardless of what we do, you're kind of wondering, so pastor, what are you saying about how God does reign in the world? Next week, that's what we'll talk about. And, and for, for this week, I invite you to go forth in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, to let other people know they do not have to try to handle all that's going on by themselves, but that God is with them, and that you are there for them also. Amen.